Isn't that amazing? Well, good morning, church. Those of you that are online with us, uh, wherever you are in the space-time continuum, whether it's this morning or next week or Tuesday night, uh, good evening, good morning, uh, good afternoon, and, well, just hello. How about that? You have probably a few questions floating through your mind. By the way, uh, my name is Pastor Eric uh, Samuel Tim. I'm from Minnesota. I pastor at a church in St. Paul, Minnesota. I w- and really am no stranger to weather like this. Did anybody just sort of wake up and go outside and go, oh no, it's coming. You could feel winter breathing down your neck behind you. It's just, uh, it's going to be part of it. So buckle up. But there is this sort of move that's been happening throughout, you know, the U.S. And there was a church that came to a point of transition. And I was watching the news during some of these riots in St. Paul and in Minneapolis. And, well, one of two people kind of surfaced. You know, when you're watching the thing on TV, like that's tragedy and it's questions we like delineate into one or two categories. We're like, man, am I glad I don't live there? And then the thing that God's been really dealing with me about is, man, that's where God's people should be going. And so this opportunity at Summit Church in St. Paul, uh, Minnesota has just kind of came across, you know, my life and my answer has just been yes. And we're at a crossroads there, just like many places, dealing with the hurt that we're encountering for the first time and for a long time. So it's an amazing opportunity to be here as a guest here in Holland uh, with you all. I've been to this church before uh, when we were actually um, doing a Christmas uh, event where I painted and spoke. And if you remember that event, uh, just want to refresh you, those of you that are watching online or, or you're here, uh, that was two years ago. So let that sink in for a second <laughs> because that seems like a blip on a radar. But the truth is, is there's some questions that you might be thinking today. Uh, Who is this guy up front? Well, I just told you. Um, what in the world happened to the game last night? Well, Pastor Spencer had something to say about that. What about this election? The questions that are going through your mind um, about that. What about the fact that it's this time where we celebrate the Reformation uh, theologically where there were some things that happened, uh, including um, this nailing of a thesis to a door that completely changed our perspective and view of, of God. And, and maybe it's um, the fact that you're, you're questioning your decision last night because you had... Well, more Halloween candy than, than you needed. And you should have left that third Snickers go to somebody else, but you ate it and you regret it. Maybe you're thinking about how winter's coming so quick. I don't know what it is that you walked in here with or that you're watching online with, but I do know that we've got a lot of questions, a lot of thoughts floating through our mind, especially this week. So if we can just take a moment in this sacred place together, And can you just push those aside and focus on two? What is Jesus' perspective of you? And what is your perspective of Jesus? Just there. Just wherever you are, just focus there for the next few minutes 
on those two questions. Because I believe God's got something for us all in this. Let's talk about Jesus for a second. Uh, The truth is, is you are here because someone knows Jesus that brought you here. You're online because you've been following Jesus or you, well, are gathering together because this is the church and Christ is the head of this church. And let's, let's just talk about him. Is that okay? Is that okay? Okay, good. Just checking. Is that okay, everybody online? Yeah? Okay, perfect. You just said out, yes out loud and nobody heard you, but we got you. Jesus was a master Torah teacher that taught with smicha. Now, there were some prerequisites that had to come with teaching with smicha, okay? Now, can you just say that word for me real quick? Smicha, and say that on three, please. One, two, three. Smicha, that's a fun word to say. Now, if you speak Hebrew or, or Welsh, you're good at this sound, but I'll teach you how to speak Welsh. Uh, or Hebrew, that's all you need to know is this. Let's <laughs> go ahead and give that a shot. One, two, three. In the people that are socially distanced or actually physically distanced, more accurately stated, as Pastor has taught me, uh, that is, uh, that's a moment where they were thankful they were not sitting close to you. Because a bunch of Hebrews sprayed out of your mouth and they're like, wow, you speak great Hebrew. Thank you for that. Smicha is a word for authority. There were some prerequisites here that Jesus had to do to be able to teach with authority. Smicha, a yoke, an interpretation of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. You could actually read it and apply it and make a call. And not everybody could. Some people could just teach the Torah. Those were master Torah teachers. And some people could teach and interpret the Torah. Those were teachers that taught with smicha. And there's some things you had to do to be able to have that title as a rabbi. It's just like if you're a plumber and you have that as your occupation. You must drive a, you know, early 90s white Astro van and have pants that don't fit too great. <laughs> don't think about it, moving on. But there's these sort of prerequisites that show up. Now, Jesus, as a master Torah teacher, to get this smicha or this authority, going back to Moses and Aaron, you actually had to have a rabbi lay his hands on you and say, I've got smicha. And then another rabbi said, well, I've got smicha. And those two rabbis that were smicha rabbis said, with my smicha and my smicha, we say, go and teach the Torah with smicha. That's a lot of smicha. And that's how you got it. You also had to not only have that ceremony and just a footnote, because I don't want to spend too much time here or rather invest time here. Um, because I don't believe we spend time, we invest it. It all has a return. Spending time is like it's going to just be guaranteed forever. We invest it. How we invest time in this, this fact and truth is uh, Jesus got his smicha from God himself. If you remember, the heavens were parted after Christ came out of the water and God says these words, this is my beloved son whom all, what? Authority has been given, all smicha. What he says goes. He gets the final say. How he interprets the Torah, how he applies it, what he says, this is it. Jesus gets his authority from God himself. This has never happened before, and it happened in Christ. And you also had to have the first five books of the Bible memorized, the Jewish 
Old Testament, the Tanik, the, the Torah, the major minor prophets, you know, the hit songs of the day on Isaiah and Ezekiel, you had to have this much memorized or internalized. There's rabbis that do that today, by the way. They know this much of scripture. Look at that slice in your, in your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, by the way, talk to somebody here at the Welcome Center. Talk to me after. I'll be out in the lobby. We'll get you one. Or stay at a hotel. <laughs> you can get a continental breakfast and a Bible. There's, it's in the drawer. Just take it. Leave the remote. They charge for that. But if we were going to memorize scripture, according to Jewish tradition, how Jesus internalized this much of the Bible, you'd have to start at the age six, memorize 30 words a day until you are 66 or 70, depending on the translation that you use, and you'd have it down. So it is 11.18 here on Sunday morning. I don't know what time it is there. Uh, in the World Wide Web, but let's just start. We've got a little bit of time before church is technically over. So let's see how far we can get. Repeat after me. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We're going to see how much we can memorize today, okay? That's a daunting task, don't you think? 30 words a day for 60 plus years, memorizing those 30 words and then remembering those 30 words and continuing to do that for a lifetime? Just to get to the place where we know the text as how Christ modeled, how he knew the text? That's a challenge for me because there's been moments in my life where I know more movie lines than I do God's word. That's a challenge for me when I wake up in the morning as a dad and a pastor and an author and an artist and a Disney Plus subscriber and a guy who's got all the questions that people expect me just to know. You know, by the way, can I just simply say something about your pastoral staff? Nobody asked me to say this. Pastor didn't ask me to say this. The greatest gift that you'll give your pastors in this season is grace. Because they're charting this road with you all. Like, I sometimes feel like I got to have, like, it all together. So I'm constantly reading, constantly thinking, constantly studying, constantly trying to be disciplined enough to, like, like get in the news and be aware and understand people's perspective and what's going on and all of the stuff I've got to navigate. Especially as a Norwegian, like, Thor, you know, Nordic-looking white male right now. I know the Thor thing might have been a little bit of an understatement. It's, I really look like I'm chiseled out of like a round stone. But the point is, is this. I've had to really wrestle with some of these things. I've gotten so steeped into uh, waking up, grabbing my cell phone, uh, you know, checking Instagram or getting to the place where I've lived out of order. Like I've turned on the TV or I've read somebody else's book. And I, let me just say, uh, when I live out of order, I, I should have no reason to question why I'm not seeing order. And the same is true for you. So when you wake up for the next 30 days, as Jesus may have done, where they caught him in the garden, investing time with the Father, when he was at the temple as a young boy teaching, studying the Torah, the next 30, 60, 90 days, before you turn on the news, before you check Facebook 
or make that TikTok video if you're, and if, you know what I'm saying, before you do anything out there, ask yourself, did you read the word? If the answer is yes, then take a picture of your cinnamon roll and send it out. Frankly, nobody cares, but go ahead. But if the answer is no, then what I would challenge us all, myself included, in this time, invest time into the word and it will pay a dividend through that word into your life. Jesus knew the text. He was a master Torah teacher that taught with smicha. He also used these Hebrew teaching techniques called remez. It's a hint or clue. Everybody say remez on three with me. Ready? One, two, three. One, two, three. Okay. Now everybody at home, you're online watching here. Uh, everybody at home, just say remez on three. Ready? Uh, or if you're on the bus or you're driving, just don't look at the screen, please. Ready? Remez on three. One, two, three. Good. No, nobody said it in here. It was weird for us, but it was good for you. So remez is a hint or clue. I'll give you an example. Everybody online, um, what did Buzz Lightyear say? His famous mantra. Online. <laughs> yep, I can't hear you, but you probably got it right. To infinity and what? Church, what is it? To infinity and beyond. Why do we know this? It's because we have a shared text. We've seen the movie, Toy Story 1, 2, 3, and 4. I cried at all of them. Especially when Andy gave his toys away and went to college. I thought about my boys giving their toys away, going to college. I cried like a baby. But it's a hint or clue. Uh, do I have any nerds here? You can raise your hand. It's okay. God loves nerds. Nerds make roller coasters and get us to the moon and, you know. Okay. So what did Yoda say? Do or do not? There is no try. Yeah, all the nerds knew that. If you didn't know that, you're not a nerd. It's okay. That's a Star Wars thing where Yoda says, do or do not. There is no try. Mm? Yes. That was good. I practiced that all morning. You can clap if you want, but it's a weird thing to clap for at church. I'm just saying. Do it or not, there is no try. That is a hint or a clue based upon a shared text of a saying in Star Wars. Jesus used this teaching technique uh, all throughout scripture. He would give the disciples part of the story, they'd have to fill in the rest. If I give you an answer, think about this, whose answer is it? If I just give you an answer, who, whose answer really is it? It's, it's mine, it's my answer. But if I lead you to a place of discovery where I give you a hint or clue and you uncover that answer for yourself, whose answer does it become? Yours. You truly only uncover what you dig for yourself and Jesus knew this. Buried treasure is no good unless you find it on your own. If I just serve up what I know, people, people aren't really interested in what you know. They're more interested in what you're learning and what you're teaching them in that process. And Jesus did this time and time again. There are people that model this even in institutions of how he taught because it was the genius of his teaching. A remez, a hint or clue. All right, now let's go to our text. We've got a couple minutes left. Let's 
Let's get our sermon started. Are we ready? Okay, Luke 19, reading from verse 1. You don't have to stand. Usually I have people stand when we read from God's word. You can stay where you're at, especially if you're driving your car and you're listening to this through the speakers. Please don't stand in your automobile. Luke 19, verse 1. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Picking up in verse 3. As the Savior passed that way, for the Lord he wanted to see. Anybody get the joke yet? No? Okay. Let's sing this song quietly, because some of you are demasked. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. You know this song. Okay, stop. Knock it off. Just quit, please. Listen, I don't, you couldn't see this where you're at, um, but I can. Nobody was doing the motions. So let's do it again and let's do the motions, please. This is a serious thing. You know the motions. All right, you ready? Those of you that are watching online, do the motions where you're at. It's going to be weird. Uh, if anybody asks, just tell them you're at church, okay? Here we go. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man... If you don't know the motions and you know the motions, I'm coming down there. For the Lord he wanted to see and as a savior passed that way. Okay, stop for a second. Just, just stop. And the pink shirt right here on the end. What is your name? Hi, Christy. Can we just give Christy a round of applause, church? Christy, you did this. You're not the only one. I did this my whole childhood. When we get to the part where Jesus is passing through, it's always this. As that Savior passed this way. Okay, this is what we're teaching the next generation of Christ followers. Look at the vertical on Jesus here. <laughs> Think about how high he could jump. Could Jesus dunk? Yes. Have you ever heard the story about Zacchaeus? Why would he ask him to get out of the tree? He could just jump up there. You see what I'm saying? All kinds of conundrums here. Moving on. All right, Luke 19, verse 1. Jesus enters Jericho. Something you need to know about Jericho is it's like um, the retirement villa. It's sunny in 65. It's easy living, okay? It's not Michigan or Minnesota in the winter. It's, it's perpetual summer here in Jericho. So you got all these religious leaders camped out because if they're going to go anywhere, they're going to go where it's easy living, so you got these religious leaders here. You got a crowd that's gathered here. You've got this tax collector named Zacchaeus, and you got Jesus. And then, by the literally the inspiration and the power of God's word, you got us here. We're transported to this story. So, what did the crowd here? What did the Sadducees here? What did Zacchaeus here? And, and what do I think we hear? He comes to this retirement village, if you will, this, this great place called Jericho. These religious people were the Sadducees there. There's a guy named Zacchaeus. He's a, he's a tax collector and uh, he's short in stature. He's vertically challenged. He's, a, he's, he's smaller, like vertically. Does that make sense? I mean, it's pretty simple. He's just a short guy. They called him Zach for short. Just wait for it. It's good. That's a dad joke if I've ever heard it. Okay. But you've also got the fact that he's a tax collector. And he's, he's crooked too because what he was doing, he was taking in tax. Uh, Christy, 
if you owed 10 bucks in tax and I was a tax collector and I charged you $10 and I paid your tax on your behalf, you'd be fine with that? If you owed it anyway, you're going to go to jail if you don't pay it. That's how it works around here in America, basically. Oh, by the way, don't look at me like you like the IRS. <laughs> when Pastor Nate picked me up at whatever it was, 2.30 in the morning to get here, that I, we didn't see, and you go out in the parking lot, nobody's got a bumper sticker on the back of their car that says, go IRS. You don't have a baseball pennant that says Detroit Tigers and the other one is IRS. We love paying taxes. Nobody got that tattoo. But my point is, is Chrissy, if, if, um, if you paid 10 bucks or owed $10 and I charged you 20 or 15, I kept five, paid your 10, I overcharged you, how did that make you feel? Cheated. I mean, I'm getting your money, paying what you owe, but then keeping what you don't. This is Zacchaeus's role. He runs ahead, Zacchaeus, this, this guy who's uh, not exactly liked in society by his job and also how he's conducting his business. And he runs up ahead and he gets into this shikma tree, this sycamore tree, where he goes up to the top of the branches of this huge crooked fig tree that bears fruit and he's waiting along this road to see when Jesus is coming through this this place called Jericho and he's up in this tree because he's trying to catch a glimpse he's trying to hear the story because he's heard the rumors that Jesus loves tax collectors people that are ostracized pushed aside that do not want to be like befriended by society he's heard that this rabbi with smicha is a friend to who Sinners. So he gets up in this tree. Jesus walks by and he says, hey, Zach, come out of the tree. Calls him Zach for short. (laughs) Think about it. It's good. He comes down. Jesus says, I'm going to have dinner at your house. You invited me in. They have this conversation. Scripture doesn't record what all happens before he goes, though. In in verse 8, 19, um, Zacchaeus says, if I have defrauded anyone, I'll give them back four times as much. And here's a little homework for you. This week, search the Torah. It's an open book test. You can use the internet. Search the Torah. Why did Zacchaeus choose the number four? And why did he give back four times as much of the people he defrauded? Okay? Happy hunting. It's a great discovery. You'll uncover it for yourself. And Jesus says to all of the people that are grumbling, he's gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Jesus says, today, God's salvation, today, Yeshua uh, has come to this house because he too is a son of man, a son of Abraham, for the son of man is coming to seek and to save which was lost. How do you say um, Jesus' name in Hebrew? Scholars agree and disagree that this could be Aramaic speaking, this could be Hebrew speaking, but just for clarification, how do you speak Jesus' name in Hebrew? It's Yeshua. How do you say the phrase God's salvation in, in, in Hebrew? It's Yeshua. Names have meanings. Jesus' name, Yeshua, actually means God's salvation. So this is this whole story that's playing out in this small portion of Scripture that we even have a song for. So what is your perspective of Jesus and what do you think his perspective of you is? Because I think this portion of Scripture flips that perspective. 
What did the Sadducees hear? Well, the Sadducees hear Jesus say in verse 10, for the Son of Man is coming to seek and to save which was lost. But that's how that verse ends in Luke 19, verse 9 and 10. But that's not how the prophet Ezekiel ended that portion of Scripture. Ezekiel 34, 16 continues. Do you remember the hint or clue, the remez? Remember? To infinity and what? Jesus says to infinity in verse 10, and the and beyond is in Ezekiel 34, 16. He gives them a hint or clue. And if you're a religious leader like the Sadducee, you know Ezekiel, you know Isaiah, you know the text, and you know what he's saying. Jesus says, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save which was lost. And if you knew the prophet Ezekiel, your ears perk up, because that's a remez, a hint or clue to Ezekiel 34, 16. I will seek and to save that which was lost. Does that sound familiar? Bind up the broken, bring back the scattered, strengthen the sick. Sounds a lot like Luke 19.10, but it doesn't end there. There's a colon. Punctuation means something here. It says, but the fat and the strong I will destroy. Ezekiel finishes, I will feed them with judgment. So if you are a Sadducee and you are considered the fat and the strong, what did Jesus just say to you by way of a hint or clue? You flip the page, no wonder this group wanted to kill him. What did he say? I'm going to deal with you. What did the crowd hear? The crowd heard Jesus say something, I believe, in, in uh, verse 9, that today God's salvation, whether he was speaking Aramaic or Hebrew, they knew how you would say that name. Today God's salvation, what, what's name, who's, who is God's salvation? It's Jesus. Wait a second. If you're a crowd gathered together waiting for the Messiah who's been prophesied about and you're trying to figure out if this guy really is the Messiah and you just hear him say, today God's salvation has come into this house. Did he just say he's God's salvation or did he just say it's his name? Which is it? Flip the pages. No wonder the crowd wanted to follow because it makes all the difference in the world if it's just his name or if it's really who he is. What did um, Zacchaeus hear? Well, I think Zacchaeus heard something that he hasn't heard in a long time. You remember when they said he has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner? When was the last time you went over to someone's house and you just say you're going to the person who's uh, you're going to go be the guest of a man who is um, a realtor. I'm heading over to who, whose house are you going out? Where are you going? I'm going to be a guest of a lady who's an administrative assistant for a major corporation. Nobody talks like that. We don't, we say we're going over to Pam's house. We say we're going over to whatever their name is. We don't replace their name with their job and tell people we're going, but that's what the Sadducees said. He's going to be a guest of a man who is a sinner. And, and why he's a sinner is not only is he defrauding people, but he's actually taking money, collecting it, and he's touching it with his hands. And according to the first five books of the Bible here in the Torah, you couldn't touch anything with a graven image on it and be clean. You would be a sinner or unclean. And Zacchaeus, by his very nature, is collecting coins, touching coins with graven images on it, therefore unclean, therefore a what? Sinner. And so he's going to be a guest of the guy who does the dirty work, whether he's involved in it or not. And this absolutely shifts 
Zacchaeus' identity into what he does. Yes, in sin and what people have called him. Because Jesus looks up in that tree and he says, hey, Zach, Zacchaeus, come out of there. Come on, come out. I'm going to your house. Now, Zach's name, Zacchaeus' name has meaning. My name has meaning. So does yours. My name, Eric, Samuel, Tim, translated directly from the, well, Germanic root of the Latin prefix from the Welsh descent means one who loves lasagna. <laughs> it's true, I do love lasagna. But Zacchaeus' name means something. You can look it up at babynames.com or biblestudytools.com or whatever you'd like to look it up. It's a simple Google search. Z- Zacchaeus' name in Hebrew means, ready for this? Everybody online, everybody in here, just take your seatbelt and go like this because this is going to change your life. It changed mine. Ready? Take your seatbelt, buckle it up. I'm waiting. Ready? Make the click sound. Ready? Perfect. That was weird. Zacchaeus' name means pure. And just sit in your seat. Let it go past your heart, ears to your heart. Everybody calls Zacchaeus a sinner. Jesus calls him pure. That's good news for you. It's good news for me. That's good news for us. No matter what you've done in your life, what sin has labeled you or other people have called you to degrade you, Jesus looks at you and the perspective, back to the question, is simply this, in Christ you are pure. What is your perspective of Jesus. We'll get there, but sit right here. What is Jesus' perspective of you? You're pure. We don't always see ourselves like that. Jesus sees us far differently and thank God for it. Thank God for God's grace meeting us where we're at and his truth refusing to leave us in the tree. He sees you as pure. What is our perspective of Jesus? Well, maybe it's the teacher part, the remez. Maybe it's the shift or the perspective of of him, well, like this authority that he got from God. But what what I love about this parable this story that we're invited into is this tree and this metaphor, uh, the perspective of Christ that, I, that I've just really tried to flip in my own life is there are people in trees, you must see them. And this whole thing uh, called the pandemic. And I have heartbreak for the lives that have been lost globally and in the U.S. because of uh, a direct correlation or an entanglement with this disease. My dad got it. One more click on a respir- uh, one more click of his oxygen level, he'd have been on a respirator. But you know what's killing more of my friends and more of the people that I run into? It's it's not the virus. It's the isolation that the virus causes. It's the the anguish of being shoved up into a tree. You know what your pastor told me just a couple minutes ago? And this is going to shift the way that I probably think 
Because right now online, it, it, the greatest story or content is what wins the day. People that have all these influences and, you know, whether it be a job, you tell your story and you're creating content for your business or you're creating content for your church or you're cre- creating content for whatever it is. Content, I've heard, even heard this phrase, content is king. But you know what is king? Well, yes, Jesus Christ is king. But when we're talking about what we're producing, you know what's, you know what's king in this season? Not content, connection. Connection is king. Connecting with people is vital. And there are people in trees shoved up, up in there, whether it be because of the way that they've decided to live against how God would have them to live, then let the Holy Spirit deal with that because conversation is your job. Conversion is the work of the Holy Spirit. You just invite them out of the tree and let God fill in the blanks. That's his job. But you got to invite them. You got to engage with them. You got to close the gap. You got to look up into the trees and start seeing them. That's what this whole thing is doing behind the mask to us is it's, it's, it's isolating us from one another. We got to see people in trees. Sometimes the greatest way to get through this pandemic is to bring someone with. Sometimes the greatest way out of our own isolation is just to simply invite somebody into it. So flip, flip your perspective of Jesus if you've been following Christ for some time and start seeing people in trees and going beyond what divides and start connecting because that is going to be the very thing that is the invitation they may have been searching for looking for, waiting for. What does this look like? All kinds of practical applications. Pastor's gonna talk about it with your kindness challenge and everything that's going on. But the next time you're at the gas pump, here's my challenge. You're pumping your gas on island number one and there's the person on the other side of the pump. You know what I'm talking about? And they're pumping their gas. You never talk to that person. That's weird. If you just start, you know, talking to the other person that's pumping their gas in their car, they're like, it's way too friendly. This guy's different. This person, I'm I'm afraid. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to be pumping your gas in your car and you're going to lean over on the other side of the island. They're pumping gas in theirs and you're just going to go, you're just going to do what Jesus did. Just follow his example. Hey, how you doing? I'm coming over to your house for dinner. (laughs) So uh, what you making? Jesus lasagna you couldn't hear that online but some dude just said lasagna the comedic timing was perfect it was inappropriate because he interrupted but whatever I'm just kidding that was awesome do you hear what I'm saying church like don't do that but start somewhere make it your point oh let's reach the world Let's reach the world for Jesus. Nate, go change the world. Isn't that a daunting task when you think about it all? How many people were in a tree that Jesus reached out to? The world or one? So pick one, one family, one person that is in isolation just like you are and close the gap. And maybe you don't invite yourself over to their house for dinner, but maybe you ask them to meet you at a restaurant or maybe you get takeout and you sit eight feet apart. I don't know what it is, 
but I'm just simply reminding the perspective of Christ is that he invades our space. So do the same because people are in trees when Jesus saw them. What is your perspective of Jesus? May it change. What is your perspective of Jesus' perspective of you? May that change as well. Scars for all my mistakes. 
deserve this kind of love somehow this kind of love is who you are it's a grace i can never add up to be somebody you still want somehow you love me as you find me you love me as you find me you love me as you find You love me as you fall. 